all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. You're listening to a podcast of Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Today we're talking about the stress and what happens to us. When stressed, some people turn to old bad habits to try to cope with that stress. It can be smoking, drinking alcohol, binge eating, nail biting, whatever it is, those bad habits are often not helpful at all and usually very harmful. Today we'll be talking about how to manage these stressful times and still avoid falling into those old bad habits. Let's talk about what's going on in your life. I really want to hear from you. I want to hear what what you're dealing with right now. Are you able to manage um, the stress? Are you able to um, not allow those bad habits to come back into your life? So give us a call. Join in at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. I'm delighted today, too, to have a special guest who's been with us before to help us talk through bad habits, addiction issues, the stress, and how it can really make us kind of fall apart, uh, fall away from our good habits. We have Dr. Jeff Parker, who is a psychologist and addiction specialist at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. So, Dr. Parker, thanks so much for joining us today. You're very welcome. Thank you for inviting me. So, you know, most of us have likely experienced a failure of self-control. You know, there's this bad habit that you thought you defeated or at least pushed back, and you succeed at avoiding it until life gets tough. It gets hectic. um, We get stressed. Well, we are in probably the most stressful time I have ever experienced um, in my life, and I'm I'm not young, and so I know many of us are are dealing with those really stressful times, and so what happens? Sometimes we tend to fall back in our old ways of eating too much, drinking too much, smoking again, maybe even using illicit drugs like pot as an escape from the stress. Um, And then um, what can happen as we're moving into these old, say, bad habits, even nail-biting is a bad habit. 
uh, can be very harmful in this day and time when you're not supposed to touch your face, much, much less put your hands in your mouth. So there, there are all these things that are going on, and um, and I know it is true um, that uh, many of these behaviors that we fall back into can not only um, not help the stress, but it can increase the danger that we are in right now with COVID-19, right, Dr. Parker? Yes, that's absolutely true. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about um, the individuals. Why in the world do we um, sort of turn back to these bad habits uh, when we know they're not good for us? Um, when you have someone who has been using drugs or um, an alcoholic who falls back into to the drinking or the the cigarette smoker who's gotten it down to four or five cigarettes a day, and then the next thing you know, they're they're back to a pack a day. Why why do those behaviors emerge? Well, that's a good question. I think that the dynamics of that differ from person to person and 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 from habit to habit also. But what they have in common is when we have a new stressor enter our lives, which all of us have now, when we have a new stressor enter our lives, it tends to destabilize whatever equilibrium we have reached in terms of, of a striking a balance between um, healthy healthy behaviors in our life and developing healthy behaviors. To, to, let me give an example maybe of someone who is in recovery from an alcohol use disorder and is involved in maybe uh, outpatient services and maybe go into AA meetings. Well, those mm -hmm. meetings aren't meeting anymore, and that kind of supportive contact isn't available in the way it was before. That disrupts someone's recovery program, um, and it can be a struggle, and for some people it can be almost impossible to try to replace that with something else. Many AA meetings are um, uh, substituting telephone meetings, conference call type meetings. There are meetings online, but not everyone has access to to those things. So it's a, a destabilizing influence for someone who has quit smoking or is try or has reduced smoking. In the example that you gave, um, we tend to revert to old behavior when when our um, stability or equilibrium is disrupted. Many people have used who smoke have used smoking as a way to cope with stress in the past. Right. And when stress increases, if if they haven't developed enough new stress relieving activities to replace smoking then they're more likely to return back to the smoking as a way to deal with this new um, this new stress that has entered their their lives so this is something we're all subject to this we all have habits that aren't so good for us in one way or another um, so it's a risk for for all of us we tend to revert to things that we have done in the past and 
uh, unfortunately, for, for some of us, that means returning or reverting to things that have not been healthy in the past. Right. Well, Dr. Buttress, we do have a caller on the show right now. It's John from Magnolia, Mississippi. Let's see what John has to say. Great. Hi, John. Thanks for calling. Well, I just, I, I was listening to you comment what you were saying. And I'm a product of being raised without a mother, without a father. I was born on the Indian reservation, and I was raised by Indians and white folks. And I never went to school today in my life. I don't know what a school was, but I, I made it. I'm, I'm a minister and, and all of this. Wow. And people saying they get stressed out. They can't do this. They can't do that. But, hey, I made it. I I, I went down the road. I tipped suicide four times when, when I got out of the military. And I spent two years at Murfreesboro, the VA hospital, the I'm doing good now. Congratulations, John. I guess what you're you're helping us know is that you can go through some bad times. What and and still come out on the other side. Tell us what do you think gave you the strength to be able to um come out on the other side and go through such stressful times and still be okay? Well, uh just I, I stayed around old people all the time. I never played with, didn't know none of my brothers. I never played with no children or nothing like that. I stayed around old people all the time, and they they talked to me and everything, you know. And then when I turned 16 years old, I went in the military because I just I just didn't care no more. And I met Mr. Farmer, my chief petty officer, and he talked to me. And so when I got out of service, he carried me to Virginia, and I lived with him for about two years. And, and I went to Northern Alabama and Mount Calvary, Pennsylvania. So I made it. You know, I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't gamble. I didn't steal. I, I didn't do none of that. But I had some bad marriages, you know, and so, but I'm by myself now. Yeah. Well, John, we're glad you made it through. And I think you're, you're a good example of how you can, you can live through some tough times and, and still come out on the other side. Now, you mentioned a couple of people, and I think... This might be a good time for us to talk just for a minute about the value of having someone. And Dr. Parker mentioned these support groups, AA or other support groups that that people depend upon to help them out. But we know that it it doesn't take a whole group. Sometimes just having a single person who who you know you can call and say, hey, I'm having a tough time. Talk me through this. Or, hey, I, I really just need to hear a supportive voice. Can you help me? And I think this is one of those times that we all need to remember. If there is someone in your life who you think who has had a struggle in the past and who perhaps might need a kind voice, be that kind voice. Be that support. If you are one of those individuals who needs some support, it is okay to pick up your phone and reach out. And I would say about 99% of us have phones, whether you have Internet connectivity or whatever. We have some. So that's something that we can rely on. So people who can be supportive reach out people who need support reach out this is relatively speaking we'll be right back
On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, an associate professor of preventive medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking, and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I'm here with Dr. Jeff Parker, a psychologist and addiction specialist from the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And today we're talking about and how sometimes it makes you fall back into bad habits, um, things that we know aren't good for us, but we try to comfort ourselves with those things. And there are some reasons that sometimes we do that. Um, you know, we were talking before the break about um, cigarette smoking specifically or alcohol and, and how people sometimes fall back into the increased use. Um, Cigarette smoking has um, been shown that nicotine can transiently calm you, but it does a lot of other bad things for you, increases your heart rate and your blood pressure. It's bad for your blood vessels. It's terrible for your lungs. Um, And of course, we need to have our lungs in the best shape we can right now with COVID-19, knowing that that is a a virus that is really particularly bad on our lungs. Um, The other thing, too, is alcohol use. Um, It can transiently numb you, right? Um, If you drink a lot, a little bit might be okay. Um, But if you drink a lot, if you're one of those individuals who doesn't know how to drink in moderation, Um, A lot of uh, it can be very harmful to you and to your organs and to your blood vessels and all. So bad habits, not good. Now, sometimes if we have bad habits, we have habits. All of them aren't bad. Sometimes falling into habitual behavior that is good is what we do. Now, I know we're talking about how to conquer the bad habits, but if you are one who has a routine and and a good routine and you've not allowed yourself to get back into it because of such a change in schedule, I would encourage everyone, all our listeners, to to move back into that good habit that you had set up that routine sometimes can be very beneficial. Um, Dr. Parker, I don't know if you have any advice to individuals who do particularly struggle with addictive behavior. Um, how, how can they push that back and move forward into um, a better, better habitual behavior, if, for want of better words? Yeah, your, your point about habits is, is excellent. One way of looking at the process of recovery or the process of change is it's a process of replacing one set of habits or one set of behavior patterns or one set of responses 
with a new set of behavior patterns or a new set of responses or a new set of skills. So when stressed, instead of reaching for a cigarette, we do something else. We listen to some quiet music or we take a walk or um, call someone up on the telephone or pray or something like that. You replace one thing with another thing. And um, habits get stronger the more you do them and they get weaker the less you do them so it's a it's a process of stopping and starting at the same time you stop the bad habits and you rep- you don't just leave a vacuum it doesn't work just to stop right you have to repl- you have to fill that void that time that response that need you need to fill it with something else that's healthier um i talk to people often who who are um working on stopping drinking or drug use that when they have cravings or urges to use don't just sit there twiddle your thumbs thinking about how bad it is to have cravings you get up and do something else do something that's incompatible with drinking or using drugs you call your sponsor or you take a walk or you go to a meeting or uh, get in the shower or tell you know tell your significant other that that you're struggling at that particular moment do something incompatible. Um, so there, there are. I think that's. Yeah, go ahead. I think that's really good advice. And um, you, you can't engage in in a, a negative habit if you're doing something else. And you know, I think um, going for a walk or a run or engaging in yoga. And and I know I've talked to several of my friends who we all did yoga together and and many have been lamenting that we don't have the yoga class but there are ways even with this um distancing that we've had to do um there's still ways that you can engage in that um i've seen people be very very creative with things like uh, setting up a Zoom conference um, to do yoga all together, or to um, to just FaceTime uh, together, so that you can can have that connectivity. And I think um, one issue that a lot of us have gotten into is we've taken sort of that quote social distancing to an extreme. Um, staying inside the house, sitting around, waiting for the next shoe to drop. And it seems to me that only would be increasing our stress and, um, and, and like you said, allow way too much think time on um, what could happen next and why can't I have that drink? I need to calm myself down or why can't I have that other cigarette? It's the only thing that calms me down, but to come up with another Slash better plan um, rather than than um, sort of defaulting to the old. Right. I think one of the one of the things in our current situation, there's so much about it that we have no control over at all. But there are there are some important things that we do have control over. Um, of course, the our social distancing is something we have control over. Um, washing our hands is something we have control over. And all these devices that 
deliver this stressful information to us. Each one of them has a button. It's magic. If you push it, everyone stops talking, and uh, you don't need to hear that. Um, so I think there's we can ex- exercise some control by turning off the TV and um, shutting down the internet for a while and and focusing on some things that'll that'll help us manage the current situation that we're in. There's some really helpful. Uh, if I could take a moment, uh, some helpful stress management tools that have been um, laid out by the UMC Office of Well-Being, and uh, I think you said that that there'll be a link available on the um, MPB website for this. But let me just mention quickly yeah. one of them you just got done talking about, and that's to stay active. Uh, there, there are immense benefits from physical activity. It doesn't have to be strenuous. Yoga is a good example, stretching, taking short walks, uh, climbing a flight of stairs, just moving. So being active uh, helps us manage stress. A second thing is to focus on the present. Um, we, we get stressed out because we focus on the future, especially our anticipation of bad things that can happen in the future. Um, we need to bring ourselves back to the moment that we're in right now and appreciate and enjoy the positive things that exist in our lives right this moment and exercise the the control that we do have at this moment, like I mentioned a couple of minutes ago. So there are some really good um, smartphone apps for mindfulness as an example of this. There are some grounding uh, exercises that... Uh, can be helpful that are described in in uh, this office of well-being thing. Uh, deep breathing is another one. There there are um, apps, a number of different apps, um, both for Apple and Android that that uh, have uh, deep breathing. One of the ones that's not listed on on this particular resource list that I recommend a lot of people. It's a free app. It's it's it actually was developed by the Department of Defense. For military and and for veterans, it's called. These are the letters C is in Cincinnati, B is in Baltimore, T is in terrific. CBT dash I is in Indianapolis. CBTI coach, two words. CBTI coach. It's free, um, and it CBTI stands for cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. A lot of the people I recommend it to don't aren't really dealing with insomnia, but there are tools in this app. There's a tool button, and if you push the tool button, then there's another choice that says quiet your mind. And in that, it has scripts for all of the main relaxation methods that have been shown to work. So there's there's uh, scripts for um, diaphragmatic or deep breathing, for progressive muscle relaxation, for mindfulness, uh, there's a few different scripts for imaginal relaxation that'll take you for a brief walk in the woods or a walk on the beach or something like that. So I recommend that to a lot of people. It's a free app. Oh, that sounds absolutely wonderful. Um, what a great resource. And we'll put that also. Um, we'll post that also. Um, right, Michelle, to... Uh, make sure that we share that with everyone. I think that'll be um, really helpful. Um, yes, yes. We, we can I, post that I want to give our phone website. number out again. Um, I, we really would love for you to call in if you have 
things that you've done to help yourself. Or um, if you have any questions for Dr. Parker or for me um, about managing this, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Dr. Parker, I dare say that even those of us who know all the right things to do and who who know all about how to pull yourself back in. I I teach this. I talk to um, many of my friends and adult children about this, and yet I find that I'm having to, at times, make myself do the mindfulness, pull myself back together, do the deep breathing. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're weak because this is happening, right? No, absolutely not. No. Um, I think um, we, some of the things that that are most effective in the longer run for dealing with stress and anxiety um, take a little bit of work or effort to to start or get going, and some of the unhelpful things um, have a more immediate response. And that presents a, that's a big struggle for us to choose something that might be a little bit delayed uh, in its benefits compared to something that may be harmful in the long run, but at the moment it feels good. So uh, alcohol is a good example of that. Well, you know, alcohol is a depressant. Okay. I, you know, I encounter a lot of people who are depressed and they're taking antidepressants and they're drinking. And I think the last thing you want to do if you're depressed is to take a depressant. And um, But part of the reason we do that is that the first thing that alcohol depresses is our you know self-awareness and that's why we like it at parties and so on it, it loosens us up a little bit it makes us feel less anxious mm-hmm. um but um that's at low doses but at higher doses that's really where the the depressant effects really kick in and the harmful effects on the body and the disruption of sleep i i encounter a lot of people also who who say they've gotten in the habit of drinking before they go to bed because it helps them get to sleep. And it might help them get to sleep, but as their body metabolizes the alcohol, it wakes them up. And they say, oh, yeah, that's why I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, so it's uh, there are some things we do that work in the immediate. Uh, they seem like they work, but in the longer run, they're they're harmful. Right, right. Okay, we'll take our next break, and when we come back, we'll, we'll keep talking about staying away from those bad habits as we are moving through this test, stressful time and ways to substitute the bad for the good. This is Relatively Speaking. We'll be right back. Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. 
On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back, and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I'm here today with Dr. Jeff Parker, and we're talking about um, those bad habits, those habits that sometimes jump back into our lives when we are stressed. And with these stressful times, we certainly um, are at risk for having that happen to us. And so today, we're talking about what we can do, how, how we can push those negative habits back, how we can substitute them for good habits. And Dr. Parker has talked with us about um, making sure that we use all those techniques that are available. We've talked some about um, making sure that we reach out to others as we need help. And I want us to sort of continue on on this uh, conversation to talk more about um, things that we can do to help ourselves. And um, I want to hear from from our listeners, I know you're out there listening. I know you're dealing with some of the stressors. Uh, give us a call if you have any questions at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So, Doctor Parker, before the break, you mentioned um, mindfulness. Um, Therapy and and using sort of your your mindfulness apps and things. Would you talk to us a little bit more about what that means? I find this is such a helpful technique to many, and it's something that once you know how to do it, it I think it works pretty well. Yes. So mindfulness is a is an approach that basically brings us back into the moment. Um, so much of the the stress we experience is because we're not in the moment. We're in tomorrow, which of course tomorrow doesn't exist yet. But we're we're in tomorrow, anticipating what could happen, what might happen, what we're afraid might happen. Mindfulness brings us back into today, um, and there are different ways of doing it. I think uh, there are different ways of, of bringing ourselves back into today. Let me um, describe a simple way called the 54321 method, and then I'll mention uh, there's some apps also. But um, And again, this is I'm, I'm borrowing this from the UMC Office of Wellbeing uh, Stress Tip Sheet. Um, but the, here's a description of the what they call the 54321 method. So you, you um, get yourself in a, a quiet place, take a few deep breaths, and and then you um, name five things that you can see in the in the space that you're at, in the room, out the window, or whatever. Five you name five things that you can see around you, and then four you name four things that you can feel. For example, the texture of your clothes, or the feel of the floor under your feet, or 
something like that, the temperature of the room. So five things you can see, four things you can feel, three things that you can hear. There might be birds outside or um, traffic outside or something like that. Three things you can hear. Five things you can see, four you can feel, three you can hear, two things you can smell. You might have a candle on in the room uh, or something like that. Um, and then finally, one thing that you can taste. And the suggestion with that is that maybe that before you do this, you have a, you bring a piece of candy or something with you, or a piece of gum, or a uh, cough drop, or something like that that will have some uh, uh, flavor. So that's that's really simple. It doesn't take very long, but it's calming and it brings us out of the worries of tomorrow, and it brings us into the moment that we have right now. Five, four, three, two, one. Well, hi, Dr. Um, Parker. I love that. <laughs> that is wonderful. This is Michelle here in the studio. Hello, Dr. Buttress. I can't wait to see your hey. face again. <laughs> um, I know. I miss going in. I know, I know. Dr. Parker, you being an ex- uh, addiction specialist, uh, the 54321 uh, mindfulness exercise and exercise and the other exercises you talked about, um, would it work for people who've lost proximity to support systems and programs and relationships that help them stay sober? And what advice do you have for people struggling with drug and alcohol addiction during this coronavirus pandemic? Can they use those same practices or do they need something more specific if they were in treatment prior to uh, the pandemic? Right. Well, they certainly can use them and they would be helpful, but they may not be enough. Um, Support systems are important for all of us, but they're really central for people who are in the active process of recovery. So um, 12-step groups and treatment centers, one of the things that they always recommend is that you get the names of contacts. You collect some contact numbers and keep them handy. Uh, The reason for that, this is the time to use them. Um, call some of those individuals on the phone. You might not be able to meet with them in person, but reaching out and speaking with them by phone can be very helpful. Sponsors, um, friends, things like that. It's important to reach out and not try to deal with the the huge challenges of recovery, not try to deal with that alone. Um, so, so, yes, th- these tools are it can be helpful for everybody, no matter what other issues they might be dealing with. But some issues are are substantial enough that they require more than uh, self-care activities. And also, if someone who was in the middle of recovery uh, finds themselves slipping back, what advice do you have for them as far as feelings and emotions and um, taking a step backwards it's okay. They can get out of that and move forward. I know a lot of people, even with food addiction and things like that, Dr. Buttress and I were talking about that. Uh, some people are addicted to food and being in the house with the refrigerator and basically cooking every day and all day. What do you have to say to people who may feel guilty about reverting backwards? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think, um, it's important not to let that kind of guilt stand in the way of becoming healthier again. I think it's a it's a very 
important, it's a difficult step, but it's an important and valuable step to um, acknowledge to someone that who, who cares about you that you're having a hard time, that you're struggling, or that you're uh, backsliding with your um, eating control, or that you've started to smoke again, or that that you've, you're starting to drink too much or things like that, to acknowledge that to someone else. That could be a pastor, it could be a friend, it could be a family member, a spouse, a significant other. Um, it, it doesn't really matter who it is. What matters is that it be a person who you who cares about you and cares about your, your well-being. The second thing is to look at what has worked positively in the past to deal with that particular problem and that's that's what to turn back to turn back to what's worked um and sometimes when we backslide is because we we've drifted away from what has worked for us we might decide that we don't need it anymore that we've got it under control so we stop whatever it is you know stop doing morning meditations or stop going to meetings or stop going to therapy or um, stop reading our self-help book or stop praying, whatever it might be. Um, so turn back toward um, that. And then the a third thing, this is true of any kind of behavior change, the more specific is to make a specific commitment about what you're going to do different. Um, and that commitment by specific, it should be as objective as possible and you should share that. You should at the very least write it down on a piece of paper so it actually becomes a, an object outside of you. But it's even better not only to write it down but to share that with another person who can then give you support in in what you're trying to do. Okay. Dr. Parker, I know we've talked about a couple of – we've talked about some pretty serious um, addiction issues. Um, I want us to talk, too, about – some things that maybe are in the scope of things, not as serious, but sometimes can be really bothersome or problematic, like um, pulling your hair, the trichotillomania, twisting, pulling your hair um, out. Um, sometimes this can be a big, huge issue. Um, biting nails, like I said, of course, nail is an even bigger issue um, due to the hygiene issues that we have. And, you know, one one technique I know that has been used is habit substitution or habit reversal. And, and this might be a good time to talk a little bit about that, too, as we're giving everybody different ways to deal with things. Mm-hmm. Right. So that goes back to something that we had mentioned a little while ago, and that is to um, replace one behavior with another, and especially to, in the moment, to try to do something that's incompatible. So, um, for example, uh, for someone who is pulling out their hair, generally someone's going to do that in private. Well, if, if you, if if you're struggling with that and you're trying not to do it, if you take yourself out of the private place where you pull your hair, the bathroom or your bedroom, and go into a room where there are other people or go outside and take a walk, you're probably not going to pull out your hair while you're walking or, mm. or while you're sitting in the room with friends or family members. So those are examples of incompatible behaviors. 
another thing that's, I mean, sort of uh, simple, like with pulling your hair in the moment, is if you put a put a scarf over your head or something like that during that moment where you're dealing with the stress. You can't pull your hair out if you've got a scarf or a hat on, and it gives you just a moment to pause and do something else instead. So I, th- I think just in general, the, the 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 approach is to look for something that's incompatible, and that buys you some time to do something that's more helpful, healthy, to deal with the stress um, that you're under. And, of course, the... the, the the underlying stress, you know, there's a need to approach the underlying stress too, and not just the how you're coping with it. But in some cases, we we actually can do things to deal with the underlying stress. In other cases, what we're left with is is coping with it. So, say the underlying an underlying stressor is money, uh, finances, which is true of a lot of people now under the current circumstances. There may not be good solutions, but um, engaging in some planning about um, what you're going to do and what the priorities are for the income that you do have now and doing a little bit of planning so you have a strategy can be helpful. It's not going to take stress away completely, but it, it exerts what what little or what amount of control that you do have. Right. Those are wonderful suggestions, and I think it's time for our final break. And when we come back, we're talking about ways to avoid bad habits, how to take care of yourself during this stressful time. This is Relatively Speaking. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back and thanks for listening. We're talking about kicking those bad habits, trying to substitute good ones in there during this time of stress. All right. Well, we are going to go back to the phones. Um, I believe we have Norman and Holly Springs with us. Hi, Norman. Thanks for calling. About 25 years ago, I came across a wonderful uh, sheet of paper uh, called Putting Off Procrastination, and it had a lot of wonderful suggestions similar to what uh, this gentleman, Dr. Parker, is talking about. I also mentioned, wanted to say, a new concept that is quite amusing to me is if you can't do it, bring yourself to do it, do it badly. And that gives you a certain uh, liberty and license to feel that you have the courage to go ahead with some new behavior you're trying to establish. And that's about all I had to say, just to compliment old 
the State um, University of Mississippi for all the wonderful uh, self-help things they have come up with over the years. Oh, thank you, Norman. Those are that that's very kind, and I, I will say that UMC has worked very hard in this pandemic uh, to to try to give individuals all the tools that they need. And um, on on our website, there is some great information. And like I said, um, on our uh, family at MPB Online, our Southern Remedy um, family section, we will have the information that Dr. Parker has spoken about. I think just so many great suggestions out there on how we can do some self-help. And Norman, I loved your comment that even if you can't do it perfectly, if you just try, commit to try, whether it's perfect or not, it's okay. At least you've, you've done something. Okay, I know we have another caller. Uh, let's go on to Linda in Fort Gibson. Hi, Linda. Thanks for calling. Hi. Uh, I want to speak that of, I used to pull my hair uh, some years ago, and uh, it, uh, I would do it, of course, uh, and around, not around people, and I found a, a way of uh, stopping it by uh, just focusing on reading or uh, uh, doing my artwork and just uh, staying away from things that made me feel bad or negative. Those are great ideas. Hi. Yes, and I, I think especially the, the artwork, I'm thinking about how, you know, you, we, it's, it's incompatible. You can't pull your hair if you're doing something that requires you to use both hands, can you? Um, so that's great, and congratulations to you for, for having overcome that that uh, problem and found solutions that work for yourself. Yeah, just occupying those hands. So, um, Dr. Parker, we have just a few more minutes, and and I um, would first like to thank you and then like for us to maybe review some of those really um, helpful points. I love the 54321. We'll have this. I want to remind everybody, if you came in and only heard Part of this show, Dr. Parker has given us some awesome tools to help ourselves as we are moving through this. And you can hear this on podcast. And so go to mpbonline.org. You can download uh, something to listen to the podcast on and and listen to this show. I think um, so many great tools. Do you have any last words of wisdom, Dr. Parker, as we wrap Do up I have a show? moment to mention one more resource? Uh, I'll, sure. I'll, I'll do it quickly. So this is another app, and, and uh, of course, in these days and times, uh, healthcare workers are, are on the front lines of, of dealing with, with this. Um, there's an app. Again, it's a free app. It's called Provider Resilience. Provider Resilience, and... Um, it has uh, some self-assessment about burnout, um, about quality of life, but it also has a section that has tools that uh, physical exercise and some other things, and it has something that we didn't really mention yet in terms of dealing with stress. It has what's called value cards. But when we connect ourselves to the things that are of most value or important to us, 
it helps recalibrate our level of stress and center us in what we're doing and why we're doing what we're doing. So this is an app that I recommend to to people who are involved in caring for other people. It's called Provider Resilience. Provider Resilience. Thank you so much. And and thanks again. Um, you can, by the way, listeners, download MPB Media app, and, and that's a great way to listen to um, our podcast. So thanks to our listeners. Thanks so much again, Dr. Parker. Thanks, Michelle, our engineer and our call screener, Liz Gill. And I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking. And stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio.